Good morning and welcome to University Heights United Methodist Church. It is a joy to be with you here today uh, on this beautiful October Sunday as we celebrate World Communion Sunday and as we also uh, welcome those who are alumni of the university and we celebrate a homecoming weekend. It's good to be together. On each of your pews, there is a colorful folder, and that's an opportunity for you to correspond with us. There are connection cards in there where you may choose to share uh, prayer concerns, interest in serving, more information about yourself. Uh, there's also a sheet of paper there that invites you just to write your name down that you were with us today so we can celebrate your attendance. Did want to share a little bit about uh, the next couple Sundays that are coming up. Uh, next week, we are taking our experience of worship outside. This is a little tailgate and worship experience. Something different, uh, just for a little bit of different experience of spending time together. So we'll actually gather in the parking lot. Let's, this is the direction. Uh, Nine o'clock will be a time of just fellowship, connection, food. I didn't... I'd encourage you to bring a lawn chair, maybe bring some of your favorite breakfast brunch treats. We'll have some that are also provided, and we'll just have a space to kind of mingle, play some outdoor games. And then 10 o'clock, we will begin our worship right out, right out kind of where the, uh, the, the garden and the church bell is stationed. We'll be stationed there. Just pull, turn your chairs around, and we'll have a time to sing some of our favorite hymns, kind of a, a message about uh, a rally cry and encouragement and so we're going to try that next week just for something different to enjoy God's creation and be brought together in that way so hope you'll participate if it does turn wet and soggy well then we'll just have to come inside but looking forward to that in two weeks uh, we will be celebrating with other churches around the nation the children's sabbath and so we'll have some of our kids helping lead in different ways in that service We'll be hearing a message about how we need to advocate for the needs of children. And then following the service, you are invited to participate in several uh, serving opportunities that impact kids. So we will have one uh, project here at the church where their folks will be working to help support a need of the preschool. Uh, we'll have a group going to School 65 to work outdoors in their courtyard. Uh, to do some kind of landscaping needs that they need there to prepare an outdoor education space. Uh, some folks would be invited to walk our neighborhood and pray for the children that reside here. And then we'll also have a station where folks can make cards that we will then give to students of our Children's Center and School 65, notes of encouragement and prayers. So different opportunities after service. Hope that you'll be involved in one of those. And uh, it would be great if on your attendance sheet today you say, I would love to serve and which of those four you would like to do. Awesome. All right. Uh, earlier this year, our congregation uh, launched an anti-racism initiative. We, we drafted uh, a statement on behalf of the congregation combating racism. And living into that promise, uh, I'm hoping this fall to offer uh, a course about the church's role in and racism throughout history and how that needs to shift with new perspectives. And so if that's a, the kind of study that you would be interested in, uh, I would encourage you to let us know. I believe, um, if not, 
if not with your worship materials you received outside in the coffee area, there's a little slip that looks like this that allows you to express interest in that study and whether you would, which kind of opportunity day online, that type of thing would be beneficial to you. So hopefully that you'll uh, take part in that great opportunity as well. Our helping hand is up, the big green high five right behind our soundboard. And that's an opportunity for you to support folks that need hats, mittens, scarves throughout the winter months. So just bring those in and place them on the hand as you're available. And lastly, I think some of you are questioning, how can I support UMCOR, which is the United Methodist Committee on Relief that is present in places of disaster, like in Florida after the hurricanes. Uh, there are envelopes in those folders today in which you can mark I would like to support UMCOR, and, and we also have a speaker later in the service sharing about her uh, witness and testimony with UMCOR. So encourage you to support that outreach as you are able this morning. That's a lot of info. Hopefully a lot of it's in your bulletin so you can remember on your way home. Right now, though, it's more important to touch base with those around you. So greet any guests that you don't recognize. Welcome your friends with an embrace, and let's prepare for our worship with the passing of the peace. little refrain that we use from time to time celebrating God's faithfulness and goodness to us we say God is good and we respond all the time and uh, so yeah some of you know it God is good all the time and all the time and so let us rest in the goodness and faithfulness of God as we worship this morning oh loving God of all creation all your people all those in this space today we come this morning with Christians around the world who will rest at the foot of a holy table to receive bread and cup as a reminder of your great grace, your willingness to seek us out, to hold us close, to forgive us of our mistakes, to set us free to live a life joy and purpose in your name. Come upon your people today, Lord. Renew our relationship to you and one another as we sing of the great joy that is knowing you and Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.
Please stand as you are able for the call to worship. <clears throat> Today we gather around God's table from near and far. Though we differ in language, custom, tradition, and experiences, for there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Together we remember our Lord Jesus who gave his life in divine love. Our hymn of praise this morning is the Church's One Foundation, number 546, verses 1, 2, and 5.
Please join with me in the opening prayer. <clears throat> Spirit of God, enlighten our hearts to the reality of divine presence in our midst. Let our worship be pleasing in your sight so that our gathering is an experience of deep communion with you and one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is our prayer. Amen. Our hymn of praise, O Church of God United, number 547, verses 1, 2, and 4. Join with me in the affirmation of faith, <clears throat> the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Thanks so much for our beautiful music this morning. <clears throat> our scripture lesson this morning is 2 Timothy 1 through, 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm grateful to God, whom I worship with clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night, <coughs> prayers night, my ancestors did. When I remember you, well, sorry, night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy I am reminded of your sincere faith and a faith in a living first with joy with your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I'm sure that it lives in you. For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you for the laying of hands for God did not give us a spirit of cowardice but rather a spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ, Jesus, who established death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason, I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I put my trust. I'm sure that he is able to guard until the day when I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasures entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The word of God for the people of God. Children's sermon.
this handy chair. How are y'all doing today? Did you see what I did there? I just did a, a little high five. Did you notice that? I want you to think for a second throughout a school day. What, when are the times that you touch another person? Hmm, what do you think? Tag at recess, good call. Hopefully you don't get touched too much, right? Because that means you're it, unless you want to be it, yeah. Other ideas, Lorelai? Captain Midnight. I bet a lot of our parishioners play Captain Midnight on a regular basis. Is there a lot of touching involved? Or tackling? It's tagging too? <laughs> this sounds like a story to share over coffee, don't you think, after the service? I want to hear all about Midnight Tag. Yes! football, so if you play sports, maybe you play a contact sport, or maybe your team will like put their hands in and cheer, something like that. How many of you get a hug from a parent or a pound from a friend or something like that during the day? Anything like that? Anybody have someone help them with their hair? Because then you have to touch them, right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, hmm. Got one more idea? Side hugging, okay, and a play? Or someone runs into you at the hall or something? One of my favorite times uh, during the day is when we have dinner as a family. Our family tends to hold hands. Have you ever done this when you pray? Part of the reason is so that people won't eat right away like you got them. But it's also because we can experience God through touch. You know, we, we often think of learning about God with our minds, but we can also experience God through touch. We'll do that today when we touch the bread and we eat it, right? We're actually feeling Christ come into us. And another way we do that is through prayer. So I want to try this out to close off our children's message. We are going to pray. Let's pray for Peter. All right? And so how we're going to pray for Peter today is we're all going to put our hands on his shoulder or something like this. It's, and this is special. I've had people pray for me this way before. And you can kind of feel, I know, big sister, this is hard. Can you participate? We're all going to put our hands on Peter here. And we're just going to, I'm going to say a short prayer for him. And he's going to feel God's presence by the fact that we are touching him. All right. Olivia, you can, yeah, there we go. I know. Put his, yeah, a shoe is fine. There we go. Is it getting heavy? Feels a little like we're pushing on you, but that's, that's the love of God kind of falling upon you. Lord God, we are grateful for Peter and that he is such a good friend and, uh, and, and brother and, and one of your disciples in this church, and we pray for him to be courageous, and we pray for him to excel in all that he does and that he would love others as you loved us. Amen. Amen. All right. Lucky you, Peter. And so, so was that a little different to have hands on you? Oh, you're right. He's out of here. It was so good that he's on his way. We, I pray that you may experience the, the touch of God today 
as your heart is warmed, but also your spirit refreshed through the touch of one another. junior in college, I had an opportunity to, uh, to go overseas with uh, a group of students to be part of an archaeological dig in Israel. And uh, beyond the learning and just being in that place, that holy ground, there was also this enormous opportunity to meet other students from around the world. And so, yes, we sat out in the hot desert sun together and dug but we also played some soccer together and ate together and shared stories and traveled down to Jerusalem from Megiddo together to explore the sites. And so over a month, we just really got connected with these other young men and women from universities around, around the world. And so then as we are heading to the airport to depart to our various destinations, of course, we said those common words to one another. Let's, let's stay in touch, right? This was pre-Facebook, pre-text messaging. Yes, there was such a time. And, uh, and we did not do well. You know, we exchanged some addresses, some phone numbers. But I sadly was unable to stay in touch with most of these people whose relationship was so important to me at that time. Today, we welcome some alumni, some friends of the church here. It's homecoming weekend. That's a weekend when we celebrate staying in touch well, right? This university, this church means something to us. We come to reconnect. The alumni organization reminds us to stay in touch with our charity donations to the school. We value this place. And so we come to continue the commitment to that relationship. That's not always easy, though, is it, in life? How often have you made a commitment to stay connected to someone, to something, and found that much more difficult than you realized? And what were some of the reasons that staying in touch was so difficult? Distance, time, drifting apart. You just had different experiences, a different trajectory in life. Does it run deeper? Are we just not a, not a touchy people? There is some truth. We are raised in what is considered to be more of a non-contact culture. We have more time to wrap our minds around an idea than we do wrapping our arms around another person. There are other country, countries, cultures that are much more comfortable with backslapping, cheek kissing, bear hugging, communication that's dependent on being close. We, like, we neglect touch even though we know it's good for us. Babies who are held master basic motor functions faster. Elderly who receive regular massages and hugs and hand holding find their motor skills sharper, their mental abilities more acute. And yet we stay. We stay at arm's distance even from those we know well. I like to think of touch even more broadly, of course, than just with our hands, 
all the ways we stay in contact with one another. For example, there was a story of a, a musical conductor from Eastern Europe who was being interviewed after a long period of being imprisoned because of his political views. And as he was being asked questions, one reporter changed the direction and said, now sir, what, what is your favorite piece of music ever written? And so the maestro was puzzled by that odd question. The reporter said, well, in your time of isolation, what most would you have wanted to hear? And as a tear trickled down his eye, the conductor said, well, in that moment, the greatest sound ever would have been the sound of another person's voice. There's isolation, lost touch. I usually blame circumstances, have to move to a new place, don't have the time, new commitments to your new home, your new employment, emerging demands. The truth is, though, when we lose touch, it's often because we choose to, or we choose not to engage in staying connected. I'm sure you can think of priorities that have been raised up in lieu of loving relationship, being productive, performing well in your work, in your craft, in your class, answering to other people's idea of success, binging on entertainment, collecting stuff, marketing yourself online, staying busy. I would contend that when we lose touch with others, we also lose touch within ourselves. That need for companionship, friendship, encouragement, accountability, those shared hands of prayer. In others, we see the face of God, and when they go missing, does God go missing? Today in our scripture, Paul writes to keep in touch with Timothy, one of his inner circle, a mentee, a confidant, a companion. It's important for him to write this letter right now because like the composer in my earlier story, Paul finds himself alone, in prison, anticipating his own death, cut off, physically from friends and all those churches he had engaged with and started. So he hopes to find his heart consoled now by writing a letter, a letter of encouragement to someone that means much to him and in turn might reply. For Paul, not only the act of writing helps him stay in touch, but what is written. And in that letter, first of all, he writes about memory. Paul remembers his past, getting touch with strength and support from all of his Jewish ancestors. And he reminds Timothy, you too have this legacy of faith in your family, your grandmother, your mother, this line that is drawn to you, those who have raised you. If we ever lose track of who we are, what sustains us, what remakes us, what our place and outlook might be, it's entrenched in us by those who came before us. The faith family who passed on a story to us. So I wonder, what does it mean for you to stay in touch with the legacy of your faith? 
You know, how do you continue to live out of the faith that was taught to you by other people, family, church friends, those that cared for you in the past? How do you stay in touch with that story? Paul didn't only say remember long ago, though. He said, recall when you had been touched by others and the Holy Spirit recently. Timothy was part of some form of ordination service, a dedication event. Paul and other leaders were there. They put their hands on Timothy to commission him for service. Paul remembers this moment. It was symbolic to him. It joined he and Timothy together as brothers in Christ, missionaries to the world. And he's asking Timothy, remember that moment, how God worked through the touch of us. I can think of the moment of my ordination, the hands of the bishop, some of my closest pastor friends, the weight of those hands, and yet the freedom it brought, I felt like whatever I might face, these hands aren't going to leave me. I'm not going to be alone in this crazy thing called ministry. Like little life preservers, these will reach out to me if I am being sucked down into the deep. These arms I know will lift me. Their prayers, their support will not let me drown. When Timothy was touched by his church leaders, he is said to have received the charisma. <laughs> That's the gift of God, the spirit of God to help him do what he needed to do. And so when Paul finds himself abandoned, he's gasping for breath and meaning. He recalls this charisma that helped fill his lungs. And he tells Timothy, when you feel deserted and challenged and beaten up and down and friends are leaving you, Remember the touch of the saints, the touch of the church, the touch of God's charisma. And that'll hold you true to who you are and your call in life. And I believe there is still that power in the touch of the congregation. Even simple gestures when you give another friend in the pew a hug, a handshake, proving your value to me. You are beloved. You're part of this family, and God operates through that touch. You become a conduit of grace to another weary soul with that laying of hands. But will we allow room for the space of that touch anymore? Or have we become so calloused by the hardship of life, we just shoo away those opportunities to embrace? Do we build walls that cause us to lose touch not even with people from far away, but even those close to us. It's hard to believe that that would happen within the church that owns its existence based on the power of touch. But there's a bit of a pinch test. You know, are we, do we allow ourselves to be touched by the suffering of others and do we cry with them? Do we allow ourselves to be touched by another's joy and celebrate with them? Do we allow ourselves to be touched by others' warmth? And by which we feel comforted or their coldness, by which it also chills us and angers us? Are we touched by another's sorrow and do we just weep with them? Or are we touched by another's love which inspires us to love on to others? God delights when we have good thoughts, good creeds, good theology. God loves when we serve and act out of our faith, but nothing is greater to God. God's hopes and dreams 
in right relationship, staying in touch with one another in Christ. You all know the sensation of losing a friend. I bet some of you also know the feeling of losing touch with God. I can't hear God's voice. There's a, God just isn't answering prayers. I don't know what God wants me to do. Those feelings. And for many of us, it's the same reasons we don't hold human relationships together very well. Because we squander those moments of staying in touch. Or maybe we're more honest than most. I was reading a little from Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber. She was asked, what do you do to stay close to God? And she said, stay close to God? Nothing. That sounds like a horrible idea. The closer you get to God, God wants you to do stuff you don't want to do and love people you don't like and give more money than you feel like you want to give. And in that case, losing touch with God becomes an act of the will. But she also says, you know, you can't shake Jesus, though. Try. The story of God who came to us through Jesus, who loved without bounds and forgave without reservation, cannot be destroyed by all the stupid actions and stories we write in the book of our life. So even when we're inattentive or stubborn or selfish or lazy, we cannot get outside the touch of God. And the re reconnection with God doesn't require us to get our head on straight, get all our crap together, do all the hard work of religion. No, God's pursuit of you. God is doing the reaching and the embracing. And so, which leads us to the table here beside me. Christians from around the world gathering today to stay in touch with one another across oceans and mountain ranges, all focusing on the faith and gratitude of the work of God. And around this communion table, we affirm again that there's never a time that God has lost touch with us. We are all recipients of the saving event that is Jesus' death and resurrection. It's a divine touch of pure love embodied by Christ on the cross. And we take that bread and that cup. In this meal, I hope you find the room the reception, the rebirth that is being touched by God. The reminder that you are not out of his reach. Letting God take hold of us so that we do the work well of staying in touch with others. Let us pray today. Oh God, we know that this is a special moment for us in worship. We are grateful for this ritual always that reminds us of the links through which you go to stay close to us, to remove burden from us, to allow us to flourish in wholeness and joy, taking a step out of our pain and brokenness. The power you give us to operate in this world when so many other forces try to thwart us. It's all through you, through Christ, through his work on the cross and the empty tomb. Forgive us, Lord God, when we become distracted or distraught and we lose sight of who you are and your touch that changes us.
when we turn to ourself for answers and strength, bring us back on our knees in prayer to you. Humble us, Lord. Forgive us. Turn us around that we might rejoice in this time of fellowship with you, strengthening in you salvation in you. Fill the ears of your people with the reassurance that they are forgiven people, that they are indeed never outside the grip of your grace, that you come running to them, that even when they feel far off, they are not out of touch from what you can do in and through them. We are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ, and we say thanks be to God. Amen. Let us sing our blessing today as we bless these elements of bread and of cup that they might become Christ among us. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and Loving God, it is right and good and joyful always and everywhere to give thanks to you. For you have saved us and called us with a holy calling according to your purpose and grace. And you've given us a spirit of power and love and self-control. So with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we join your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. He abolished death, brought life and immortality. It's light through the gospel. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to announce a time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry and ate with sinners 
And by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you, O God, gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which has been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so on this day, as we remember these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. As we gather this day, Lord, in prayer over these wonderful gifts of yourself to us in bread and cup, we also pray for the suffering and hurting those who have faced difficult surgery and are now walking through hardship and recovery, those who are grieving loss of loved ones and trying to step into new life. We pray particularly, Lord, for those in Puerto Rico and, Dom and Dominican Republic rebuilding from Hurricane Fiona, for those friends and family, for our neighbors in Florida devastated by Hurricane Ian, Ian. And in particular, even church friends we know who have housing there that are uncertain of what they return to. We pray, Lord, for all that are wounded victims of the Ukrainian war. And this morning we pray for the families grieving the, the massive soccer stampede in Indonesia where over 100 people have been killed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers for the suffering today even as you pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here, on these gifts of bread and of juice. And we pray, Lord, make them become for us the body and blood of Christ, that we become for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood, that all might hear the good news and believe and be changed. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with Christians around the world today, as we minister in Jesus' name until Christ comes in final victory and we feast together at that heavenly banquet table. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever.
a joy to worship communion. Uh, to receive communion is an open table in this congregation. Uh, first, I'll invite those who are assisting me to come forward to receive the elements. And then all are invited to come. Uh, you need not be a member of this church, United Methodist in doctrine. Come to receive the one who is seeking to stay in touch with you to walk with you through your joys and burdens and make God's self known in a healing and giving of joy to you. The body of Christ that has been broken for us, take and receive with gratitude and thanksgiving. The body of Christ broken for you. Thanks be to God. Take and eat. blood of Christ has been shed for you. The love of God has been poured out in an extravagant way for you. No matter how far we may fall, Christ is still self-giving. Take and receive the loving grace of God and sin's forgiveness.
Thank you, O oh God, for reaching out to this world by coming among us to know us and learn us, to shed cheers, tears, and laugh with us, 
to suffer, to die, to rise again for us, to stay in touch with us. Bless your people who have received this gift that they go in strength and encourage to touch others with the life-giving power you give us. It's in the name of Christ that we give thanks and pray today. Amen. As we prepare to give of ourselves through the form of offering this morning, I'm glad to introduce to you Robin DeClue, who has had some experience uh, with UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, and wanted to share a bit of that with you today. UMCOR will be the recipient of our loose change offering throughout October, so any change that's given to the plate will support UMCOR in that way. Robin, are you going to speak from down there? And if so, well, in case there are some online viewers here today, it's hot. There you go. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> it's my pleasure that um, to share with you about UMCOR and the mission and the, and the way that we serve as Methodists and individually. Um, in 2000, and, what, 2000 uh, I had the opportunity to go on a, a mission with UMCOR and it was a joint venture between Mexico, El Paso, well, Juarez, Mexico and El Paso, Texas. Now, I didn't go with my cousins and I went to Kenya and, you know, uh, Florida to the migrant workers to teach the children. But I went to Mexico and I was pleasure to go because we give out so much in the church that we don't even know. This, this organization started in 1940 after World War to alleviate suffering and pain. And um, we have a Liddy Patterson school down there, and I don't know if you know about it, but the Methodist does have a school down there, and it's there to serve the kids from Juarez, Mexico, who are just across the bridge, that's all. They noticed that the children were not paying attention to the learning as much, and their grades were decreasing because they did not, they were suffering at home. It cost $1,500 to build a house down there, it's all cinder block, there's no electricity. So our job was held in many capacities. We have a nursing, we had a nursing home down there. We had, um, we, I think we still have it. We had an orphanage. And so we kind of divided up and, and took and built houses with a carpenter and everything. So I want you to know that, you know, when you see that simple word encore, it is doing a lot. Um, I got a report about Kentucky. They were in Kentucky, and they will, they're probably on their way to uh, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, and around, you know, wherever there's some pain and suffering, we, we, as a church, we come in. So even though we don't know all that we do with those apportionment dollars and more dollars that we give, rest assured that they are taking care of somebody in another country or a person in need. So please give generously this month and, um, you know, because everybody needs it. And, um, I mean, the devastation in Florida is just horrible, Puerto Rico. You know, it's just, it's cute. you know, it's just crazy. But as Methodists, we want to be able to serve, uh, build houses, take care of the elderly, and not just in our, in our district or our, or our state, but also around the world. I know you're Methodist, and I'm not going to run it, but if you have any questions, I know we're over time. If you have any questions, please, please, please 
I'll be willing to talk to you anytime. Lord, this morning we have taken the bread and the cup in remembrance of you. Now we have given back a small portion in remembrance of you as well to do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we will conclude with a bit of singing here, our final hymn. For the healing of the nations, may it be our song and our prayer as we depart here this morning.
Well, you all have been an enormous gift to me today, and I'll say that because not only because of great singing and your presence and spirit, but also as each person came forward today to receive the bread, you touched my hand, maybe unwillingly, unwantingly, but it was a gift to me, each person of you, coming to the altar in faith, expressing your love for God, and that touch to me restored and, and energized my spirit. So thank you. Go forth with, uh, with the quest to stay in touch with one another, however that might mean to you, uh, that God's love may be shared. In his name we depart. Amen.